0: I'm Megan Bob, and I'm here to understand the mysteries of wrestling.
1: And I'm Miles, and I'm here to help with the aid of my favorite wrestling show. This is The Next Wrestling Fan, an NXT review podcast for would-be wrestling fans who don't know where to start. And current
0: wrestling fans who want to relive the magic of that first time.
1: This week... We're singing along with the episode (laughs) of NXT that originally aired on March 20th, 2014. Did we enjoy this episode? Oh,
0: my goodness. I don't know.
1: Is water wet? (laughs) Is the sky blue? Is Adam Rose high? Is Seamus Irish? Is Mojo Rawley in possession of a butt? (laughs) I think you'll find that the answer to all of these questions is yes. to episode 44 of The Next Wrestling Fan, a podcast of fights and feels. Last episode, we found out that Tom Phillips milked a cat once. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Uh, sure other things happened, but that's what I remember happening. Classic. This is uh, one of those episodes that Doesn't necessarily look super great on paper, but secretly kind of rules. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's how I feel about it anyway. We'll see if Bob agrees in Bob's breakdown, though they might not be super happy about the fact that we have to ring the bell this week. Oh no! They do, however, have a new fanfic to read to us, after which we are going to do something we haven't done in quite some time and ask Bob to guess the gimmick! Yeah! Before closing up shop with the cheap pop quiz, but first let's take a look at the answers to last episode's cheap pop quiz Bob has been stuck on four points for a while now mm-hmm. here in this fifth round of quizzing which actually requires them to earn 15 points yeah this time around so Bob you have a long way to go let's see if you made it any farther down that road question number one on the next episode Aiden English finds himself once again facing off against a wrestler who thinks they can outsing him. Who is that wrestler, and what do they sing? Was it A, Sami Zayn, who sings a few bars of something in French? B, Mojo Rawley, who sings his college football fight song? C, Sheamus, once again taking a brief spin through NXT, who sings a pogue called the Irish Rover? That was the correct answer, hey? mm-hmm. D, Xavier Woods, who sings the Pokemon theme song? Or E, Barotus clay who we saw a while ago as one half of tons of funk who delivers a freestyle rap before squashing english bob as we mentioned c was the right answer that is not the answer you chose you went with b mm. mojo raleigh and his college football fight song so i am very glad that you were wrong on that one yeah me too me too Question number two. The next episode also features the next chapter in the just smoking hot CJ Parker versus Mojo Raleigh feud. Uh... According to Parker, how is Raleigh destroying the environment? A. He drives a gas guzzling fuel inefficient truck. B. He buys a bunch of fast food, eats it all in the car, then throws the wrappers out the window. C. He runs around flailing so much that he starts huffing and puffing because he has no conditioning, thus poisoning the air with his toxic breath. (laughs) D. He spends so much time in the gym that his sweat drips off him and into the local water supply. (laughs) Or E. Mojo Raleigh's hype is actually a rare natural resource illegally mined from the hiape region of tanzania bob i don't know how but you went with b he buys the fast food and throws the wrappers out the window and you were correct
0: miles some of what you wrote was very dumb
1: but it was not as
0: dumb as what wwe came up with
1: (laughs) question number three finally who gets a new theme song on the next episode that will be the music they use for the remainder of their NXT and WWE career? Is it A. Sami Zayn, B. Bailey, C. Tyler Breeze, D. Adam Rose, or E. Sasha Banks? Bob, you went with C. Tyler Breeze. The correct answer was D. Adam Rose. Oh who has new music after a single week.
0: I didn't know that was new. I thought it was the same song.
1: Well, that's good. That means they did what they wanted to do, but oh. yeah, it is a different song. Similar sounding, but different. Oh. So Bob, that means you are currently at five points. You got yes. one. Moving right along. I am
0: 33.33 recurring percent of the way there.
1: <laughs> and speaking of moving right along, let us do that ourselves. It is time for Bob's breakdown.
0: Okay, Mojo Raleigh is here and the crowd (laughs) cannot get enough of it. Okay, well, specifically his cheering section that is presumably his family cannot get enough of it. Bull Dempsey is already in the ring. Rob Gronkowski is in the crowd. It's all coming together. (laughs) Bull Dempsey starts out just slamming his weight into Raleigh and wailing on him with forearms. And he does a gross nose grab and I hate it. I always hate it. Leave other people's nostrils alone. I don't know right. why that bothers me so much and like other stuff doesn't. Even like whenever people do the mouth ones where they I stick a hand. I was going you about
1: the mouth ones.
0: That grosses me out, but in a different way than the nose thing does. And I am okay. not like especially grossed out by snot. I just think having somebody else's hands in there is weird. So Raleigh, to his credit, is able to lift Dempsey up from behind and falls backward, bringing them both crashing to the mat. Mojo does his little excited doggy rolling on the floor thing. That people keep insisting is a football thing, but...
1: mm, mm. I mean, the stances, I've never seen a football player roll around like that and come back up (laughs) into the stance. Maybe they do that during the commercials.
0: (laughs) If football had more of that, I'd watch it. So (laughs) he gets Dempsey down and then does that butt dunk to the chest and it's over and he leaps into the crowd. And he gets up next to Gronkowski and Gronkowski does... A little Ric Flair woo just to show everybody I know what a wrestle is. We're like, you know, good for you. What is Rob Gronkowski famous for? I don't know.
1: He is famous for football, in fact. Oh, uh, football. He is a, well, he was a football player for the New England Patriots. Then he retired. He is currently a football player for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And uh, is also like, he's a massive, like, frat boy douchebag, <laughs> mm. reportedly. <laughs> and also, you'll like this, Bob, the specific position that Rob Gronkowski plays mm-hmm. is tight end.
0: Beautiful, beautiful. Yeah. I, I will tell you that is one of the very few football terms I know.
1: <laughs> Rob Gronkowski is pretty much universally considered to be the greatest tight end of all time.
0: Mm-hmm. I or bet at least up there. There better be some fanfic about that. I don't want to read it, but I think it <laughs> should be out there. So backstage, <laughs> CJ Parker has words for Raleigh. Like, stop Mm. throwing your wrappers out the window, you consumerist monster. Parker's going to humanely dispose of Raleigh, and he throws something into the recycle bin. And everyone knows that only baddies recycle because they care about the world, and that's bad somehow. It's terrible. (laughs)
1: Yeah. And apparently like when hippies go bad they start wearing suits.
0: Yeah, I didn't get that either but he looked cute in a suit so I was like yeah, all it right. Was fine. I I didn't hate it. I was there for yeah. that. So now it's Breeze versus Saint and God damn it. I mean, we had Lindsey Kelk on and I can't stop noticing how hot Sammy Zayn is. I think I had become a little bit numb to it. I just like a protective barrier had gone up so yeah. I could deal with how hot he is. But he is on the exact line between approachably hot and too hot to talk to. It's a whole lot. It's a whole lot. He's
1: just mesmerizingly attractive.
0: He is. How does anyone function in his presence? How can they film him? Are the camera people not walking into walls whenever the camera is on him? Even now, I think current Sammy, very, very fucking attractive. But I have weird types. So I don't know.
1: I just can't believe he spent the entire like his entire independent career wrestling under a mask. Like, I know. Why right? would you deprive us of this? so beautiful
0: so graves ambushes zane and throws him into the ring pose and it clangs loudly zane is wiped out real bad and graves does a shitty little grin and i kind of love it like he's amazing at being that one guy that hung out at the mall looking like a self-satisfied asshole
1: He's the wrestling equivalent of, like, the bully in the Disney film. You know oh, what I mean?
0: so, so that guy. And he's amazing at it. I hate him, but I still kind of... Part of me likes him a little bit, and I hate that part,
1: which is how you know it's working. <laughs> which was kind of your reaction when you first saw him, in our very first episode, but he was being presented as a baby face.
0: Yeah, it makes way more sense now, and I feel a lot better about it in some ways because i'm like oh okay this is a an unpleasant feeling but a legitimate feeling whereas before i was like i don't know this is (laughs) i feel like you won't be good to me and indeed (laughs) no he
1: won't no
0: so zane has walked backstage and the match with breeze is tabled for now that's probably going to come back in future episodes so Mm. backstage uh my irish ghost love (laughs) Seamus, he calls Devin Darlin, and I fucking melted. And then Aiden English interrupts to let us know that he's here, and he's using this as a stepping stone to Broadway. No, I didn't even say it the way he says it. To the brighter lights of Broadway.
1: Broadway, that's right.
0: Which is not at all a banana cakes nonsense plant. I mean, that's why (laughs) we... Miles, we've got, CM Punk has been the Phantom of the Opera. Miles, do you, you remember, right, whenever Randy Savage played Jean Valjean, right?
1: I mean, yeah, he was great. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, uh, I'm the man you want, brother. I'm I'm Jean Valjean. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I'm him. Oh, you know it. You know that
0: I'm the one you're looking for, Javert. Oh, jeez. All right, cut. Beautiful
1: perfection
0: (laughs) i see that they hired you to be his understudy
1: (laughs) so i didn't want you to find out this way
0: (laughs) so Seamus dunks on english's testicles metaphorically not in real life by insinuating that they haven't dropped yet and he reassures english that they'll fix that by fighting tonight i never thought of puberty as a combat sport experience but I guess it kind of is.
1: As someone who was uh, who was in public schooling in middle school in those years, it absolutely, <laughs> absolutely is.
0: And then Adam Rose! Ah! The party comes out. This party has a Waldo and a Fez, a cat girl, <laughs> and a pirate man, and a bunch of other people, but that's really the ones that I saw. I love it! And the match hasn't even started and the crowd is chanting Adam Rose. And Camacho, who is fighting Adam Rose, doesn't even get a fucking entrance. Has he been downgraded? Like, what, what is this? I don't know.
1: I, I legitimately, like, it seems like he's a jobber now.
0: I don't care for I, it, yeah, but I like no. Adam Rose. So I was sort of like, well, I'm getting Adam Rose, but I'm, I'm not pleased with this Camacho business. Camacho goes to grab him and Rose does a bunch of somersaults in a circle around Camacho and then runs <laughs> to the corner like the world's some
1: Chicago shit.
0: Yeah, it was like the world's shittest spy movie action sequence. And I love it.
1: <laughs>
0: and he does that Russell Brand, you know, fawn like prance and gets into the ropes to do that cheeky little face kick while sitting on the middle rope. And Camacho gets control and is laying some wax into Rose. The chant party pooper starts up. I hope that sticks around. I want that to stick around. Maybe I'll get sick of it, but I really want it. I'm pretty sure it does. Yes. So Camacho mockingly does the prance and Rose loses his goddamn mind and attacks him. Uh, Guys, we've had high-flying oral sex. Now meet torpedo oral sex. (laughs) Because Camacho is down in the corner and Rose flies at him in a straddle, driving his entire crotchal region into Camacho's face In a move that made me worry for the health and well-being of Rose's taint, because I've heard stories about that move.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So there's a move called the Bronco Buster, Mm -hmm. where you like, you do that, but instead of throwing yourself full force toward them, you kind of like land on them and then you bounce on them a little bit while you kind of like, you know, do the cowboy lariat over your head or whatever. That makes sense. Yeah, okay. it's called the Bronco Buster, but I don't think I've ever seen anybody do that. But instead of like a fun little humiliation spot, it's I'm going to murder you with my genitals. Yeah, And he just like came in full force and nailed him with his balls and it looked pretty painful for both of them but like legitimately like i would not have wanted to be kamasho in that situation
0: no it looked painful for both parties and i have heard stories about the one two three kid um (laughs) and why you shouldn't take that move lightly I'm not going to talk about it beyond saying you can look it up if you want to. It does involve bleeding, and that is the beginning and end of of my willingness to discuss it. (laughs) I will discuss it on a different podcast where we just talk about terrible things that have happened in wrestling. That's right. So Camacho is understandably dazed. As yes. one would be after having their face smashed by a high-speed crotch. Yeah. And Rose winds up the Rose Express. Is that what it's called? I think?
1: No, it's called the Exotic Express. The Exotic I think. Express. Oh. I'm, although, you know what? It might not be called that yet, but it definitely at some point will be called the Exotic Express. Okay.
0: And three hip thrusts and then a clothesline that wipes out Camacho for the pin. Boo that they're doing Camacho like this. Yeah. Yay that everyone loves Adam Rose. Miles, is a wrestler being embraced by the crowd this quickly a rare thing?
1: I wouldn't say it's rare. It doesn't happen all the time. But mm-hmm. like, you know, especially in NXT, you know, when you're not touring, it's the same building every time. It's the same audience. People really have the chance to form a connection to these characters. And because it's not as mainstream mm-hmm. and like it's not done live and it's not the big shows. Yeah, I think NXT feels a little bit more of a willingness to take risks with their characters okay and kind of do things that like are fun and silly and like weird and I think that people latch on that I think they should do it I think that like wrestling like mainstream wrestling should be allowed to be more weird and oh, silly yeah and it's a real shame that it takes itself too seriously oh, to God. be that. But when it's not, it's delightful. And I think that especially like this era of NXT, when they're in full sale university, you will get people coming out doing this weird shit. And like people love it. I mean, look at Tyler Breeze. Look at uh. Aiden English. You know, there's been a lot of examples so far of like wrestlers coming out with like wacky ass characters and the crowd falls in love with them. It does still happen on the main roster, but I think it's less a function of, like, a weird gimmick in those scenarios and more a function of, like, whether or not the guy is cool and, like, what they can do in the ring. You know what I mean?
0: Women's wrestling. So Mm -hmm. Sasha versus Bailey. Both of them have their corner babes with them. Charlotte and Natalia, respectively. That's right. This match fucking rules from a wrestling perspective (laughs) and a character advancing perspective. Shades of Modern NXT. Bailey is the aggressor and gets Sasha into a hold. Sasha walks up the rope. So she's being cradled in Bailey's arms with her legs hammocking. And the ref is like, no, nah, she's touching the rope. She got to let go. Cue Bailey just dropping her like a sack of cute potatoes. I love it so much. I know. It was great. So Bailey puts on Sasha's shades and is mimicking stereotypical rapper music video moves. Sasha. Yeah. yeah. Sasha screeches, runs at her. Bailey gets her down on the mat and crouches on her back, doing the arms crossed over the chest thing. It wasn't great. Then hasn't aged well, but I love the emerging confidence of Bailey. That is very interesting. Mm -hmm. And Sasha does her furious flurry of slaps and throws Bailey right the frick out of the ring. Charlotte looks like she's going to attack. But Natalia is there guarding Bailey. And then Charlotte attacks Natty. Clever girl. (laughs) So Bailey gets back into the ring. And Sasha grabs her to do that butt-to-butt sandwich and roll her up for the pin. But Bailey keeps the momentum going and rolls so that her butt is the top piece of bread.
1: Pinning Sasha
0: to the mat for three. Bailey wins. And now this was not a match or, or a backstage thing or anything. But something very interesting happened. We get an ad spot hyping next week's NXT matches, laying out the stories that it's advancing. Is this the start of NXT committing to coherent, ongoing stories? Because this ad spot felt like it could have been about NXT happening next Wednesday.
1: Yeah, I think they're just trying to promote the next episode, especially since they're brand new on the network. They're like trying to kind of make every make some weeks kind of big deals. So they're they're They want you to come back next week. So sometimes they resort to direct promotion.
0: All right. Main event. Aiden English comes to the ring and sings what starts as a parody of The Fields of Athenry. If you're not familiar with that song, it's an Irish folk song written in 79. And then the song kind of wanders off into something else. And I would never have pegged it. I was like, that's familiar. But Neil, who was sitting next to me, said, "Uh, that's The Fields of Athenry. And I just want (sighs) to say, I love you, babe. You're great.
1: Yeah, Neil, you are great. And thank you for providing us with that piece of information that has allowed us to better analyze this match.
0: Yeah, Seamus comes out and the crowd is just in this torrent of love and screams for him. English is on the mic to say, this is my platform to Broadway. So step off, pal. And Seamus does not step off. He's he going to show them what Irish singing is all about. The audience screams and then there are some no, no, no. And Seamus laughs and promises that he's been practicing because he, like Sami Zayn, appears to be composed entirely of pure charm. He breaks into the Irish Rover. Now, I don't know if you know this, Miles or any listeners, you may well do, but the most well-known version of the Irish Rover is almost certainly the one sung by Ronnie Drew and Shane McGowan of the Pogues.
1: I don't know who any of those names are.
0: Okay, well, Ronnie Drew had a voice like an 18-wheeler full of gravel if it had also (laughs) been smoking and drinking for 20
1: years.
0: (laughs) It's a good voice, but if you're not blessed with a ton of range and you've got charisma, I'd say you're safe picking a Ronnie Drew song. And I want to reiterate, I have a great deal of love for Ronnie Drew's voice, don't at me. English takes the mic mid-tune, boo, Seamus gets it back, finishes the chorus, and then gets decked. And now it's on, he's coming for English, English skedaddles to the outside, and they do a moment of Roadrunner Coyote, but English takes advantage when he beats Seamus back into the ring and catches Seamus with a kick when Seamus tries to get back in. Rude. Like, Seamus hasn't even had a chance to get his shirt off, and I don't know why he's wearing a shirt, he's very cut, but he's wearing
1: one. They're both so white.
0: They are exceedingly white. A glowing milky pale is yeah, what we're looking I just think at. maybe
1: he was trying to spare the audience's eyes for a little while Aww. longer before taking off his shirt, because he's a nice guy.
0: He looks like a, you know, a little bucket of sour cream. Maybe that's not what he wants to be compared to, but here we are. <laughs> English starts out strong, and then Seamus gets on the ball, and we get the 10 beats of the baron where he wails on the chest of his opposition while they're strung up in the ropes. And then back from commercial, English has turned the tide and Seamus has gotten his shirt off. English comes at Seamus who slings him over the top rope and English essentially crashes to the mat from 10 feet up without even really getting to break his fall. Rough. English is able to get back a little momentum on the outside by shoving Seamus into the ring post and then knocking his feet out so he bonks on the stairs. He throws Seamus back into the ring, doubles down, getting Seamus with a knee right to those stunning and ghostly abs. He gets in a chin lock and like, oh no, my ghost lover is fading. English looks viciously delighted Seamus gets out of it by pulling English over him, down onto his back. English gets some distance, but Seamus drives into him knocking him on his ass and then picking him up for a slam. English stumbles to his feet and Seamus does those chest smacks on himself as the audience goes, brogue, brogue, brogue. And then Seamus kicks English right in the snoot and pins him to win the match. Yay! And then it fades to black on Seamus hoisting a red-haired kiddo from the audience onto his shoulder who looks like they've had sideburns and mustache drawn on their face with a marker, A+.
1: So they look like Seamus, yeah.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they look like Seamus, but definitely it looks like it was done with a washable marker. But I was like, (laughs) don't... I know this is Florida. Do not put marker on your child.
1: Thank you so much for that breakdown, Bob. What did you think of this episode overall?
0: I loved it. I was going, is this what the future of NXT is going to be like? Because this is tremendous. I'm not getting bullshit although i i don't mind some bullshit like yes give me mason ryan stomping a man but i would would like less of the oh shit we have a tag team quick let him squash somebody oh shit we have uh rusev and we have to make him look tough let's make Mm -hmm. him squash xavier woods for the 75th time i really like this this felt like it was doing something And that's nice to feel like, okay, there is a hand on the wheel. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because, boy, there are times when we're like, I don't know who's driving this thing, but I hope we don't crash and die.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it definitely feels like they're building towards something very tangible. And everything, all the storylines they're doing are kind of coming out of Arrival in some way. And I don't know. Yeah, I, I really agree. I think it really works. I think it might be time to talk about some more things that really work for us. Yeah. It's time for the sights, sounds, and feels of pro wrestling. So, Bob, for this episode, what did your elf eyes see?
0: I didn't see a whole lot for this one. I did notice Bailey comes to the ring wearing extra headbands. So Mm. she can give some away to the little girls in the audience. And it's precious and such a cute, sweet character thing, but also a really thoughtful fan thing to do. And it's just really lovely.
1: I mean, a big episode for the children's. Yeah. Miles,
0: what did your elf eyes see?
1: This is uh, one thing that I had as a negative for this episode. I greatly enjoyed this episode for the most part. Mm -hmm. Um, In particular, I thought the main event between Seamus and English was really good. But... The first match, the Mojo Rawley-Bull Dempsey match, it just baffled me. Mm. What I saw was the exact reason why I've never cared about Mojo Rawley, once again. And I don't understand who is putting these matches together and why, Mm -hmm. where Mojo Rawley, who is the the babyface, fighting a jobber, for God's sakes, like the entire... Point of this match is to make Mojo Rawley look good, mm-hmm. but at the very beginning, he's getting beaten up by Dempsey. Like he doesn't even right? get a, a few seconds at the beginning to like do some big moves and get the crowd hyped up. He's getting his ass kicked the entire time, and then he hits a few big moves at the end and wins the match. But like to me. I'm looking at this match going like, Bull Dempsey looks better than you every day of the week. Like, I would much rather have seen Bull Dempsey squashing you than the other way around. I don't understand who is screwing this up and putting this in front of my elf eyes because (laughs) it is not making me like Motorola.
0: I know. Maybe that's the problem. Why I don't feel anything for Mojo Raleigh is just the way that they've been doing the matches. It does not suggest that there is anything here. It suggests there is a guy who can hang in there and then for about, you know, three seconds can actually make something happen.
1: And we've talked about his giving before being like, I'm hype. I never stop moving. But then he spends the entire match selling. It's like, okay.
0: Hype in what way, sir? In what way?
1: (laughs) With his butt, Bob. This is true. All right, Bob. What did your Vulcan ears hear?
0: I heard a couple of things, but this was the one that got me. Seamus turns to the crowd. Does anyone think this man is going to make it on Broadway? Screams and no from the crowd. And just in that sort of right post scream lull, William Regal says, I do. (laughs) It has the exact delivery of, I was saying Boone's, and it is fucking (laughs) perfection, and I laughed out loud both times I heard it.
1: Oh, it's brilliant. All right,
0: Miles, what cheer, your falconeers here?
1: I mean, not to go back to Mojo Raleigh, but (laughs) Rob Gronkowski, as we've mentioned, was in the audience for this match. And the announcers uh, referred to him as Rob Gronkowski, New England Patriots tight end and a pro bowler. And that caught my attention because the pro bowl is something that nobody really cares about. It's okay. uh, it's like traditionally the game that happens between the championship Sunday and the Super Bowl okay. during the two week break. And it's like all the players that people voted like that the other players voted to be good enough. But like. Most of the best ones don't want to play in it because it's a completely meaningless game. Mm. And why would you risk injury like playing a meaningless game like the Pro Bowl? So it's like a weird distinction to give somebody. And I was like, why didn't they call him a Super Bowl champion? He's at this point. I mean, he just won his most recent one this year. But like he's a four time Super Bowl champion. Surely they would have said something like that. And I realized that he wasn't yet because he's still baby Gronk. And while he was definitely like, you know, approaching the prime of his career, he had not yet won a Super Bowl because Uh it wasn't until the following year that the Patriots would do that with him on the team. So uh, just a little interesting bit of a a sports trivia that I heard because – I did not realize how young Rob Gronkowski was. Although, I mean, he looks young, but he always looks young. Rob Gronkowski was born looking like a frat boy, and he will die looking like a frat boy.
0: He looks about 19 forever.
1: So, Bob, for this episode, what did your human heart feel?
0: Oh, I mean, Seamus, like, yeah, specifically Seamus singing. Part of me died of secondhand embarrassment. And part of me was viscerally reminded of every Irish boy I banged whenever I was backpacking around Ireland. (laughs) And I just want to say thanks for the memories, lads. (laughs) 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 Killarney, you were surprisingly good to me. So, Miles. What did your human heart feel?
1: Well, I mean, I can't top that, but I do want to say that I felt some things about Aiden English in this match. I really appreciated the pivot to saying that he's using wrestling to get to Broadway. Yeah, Like wrestling is just a stepping stone to get what he actually wants just to be on Broadway. I thought it was such a brilliant heel move. Like if you're having a problem that Aiden English is too popular and he's supposed to be heel and people keep fucking cheering him and keep singing along with him to his songs, absolutely have him say he doesn't care about wrestling oh. and is just using this to get somewhere else. that look get the crowd to turn on it in English. I don't actually know if that's going to happen. I don't remember, But if the crowd actually was saying no, he'll never make it on Broadway. I think that's why, because of that change.
0: Oh, that's very interesting. I forgot that people have a lot of feelings whenever you say, no, I don't really care about wrestling. But uh, it's true. If somebody was a wrestler and said, I don't really care about wrestling, I'd be like, oh, fuck you. You don't deserve to have anything. Get out of here.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Yes, scamp. Well, those were the sights, sounds and feels of pro wrestling. Before we move on to Bob's fanfic, we have to ring the bell.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: And I honestly wish that we had done this. Well, actually, I'm kind of glad we didn't do this prior to Sight Sounds Feels. Feel a little bit bad about it now. But Bob, unfortunately, we do have to ring the bell on this episode for Seamus.
0: Oh, okay. All right.
1: This is the final NXT appearance for the Celtic Warrior as he is on to bigger and... Well, bigger things. Okay. Um, Sheamus has actually had a really interesting career trajectory, and I wish we had more time to get into the ups and downs. Suffice it to say that he showed up in WWE in 2009 oh, and almost immediately won the WWE championship, which is not Whoa. something that most people do. He was a pretty regular main eventer for several years, but right around the time our coverage started, he started being used more and more as a mid carter and by early 2014, he was pretty solidly entrenched in that spot on the card. After suffering an injury late in 2014, he came back as a heel the night after WrestleMania 31 Mm. and would ultimately get one more run with the world title as part of a villainous stable of foreigners called the League of Nations. Oh, my God. But he lost it after only 22 days. After that, he was best known as being one half of the tag team known as The Bar alongside Cesaro. Uh, Since they broke up, he's been sort of directionless. He's Mm -hmm. kind of back to hovering near the top of the card, but never really regaining main event level status, at least not yet. The thing about Sheamus is that he's a tough motherfucker Mm -hmm. who tends to have really solid matches based, if on nothing else, on his ability to take punishment and get hit for real. So he'll probably still have a role in WWE for years to come. Okay. We are not going to do a new wrestling term of the week this week, but we are going to get your fanfic explaining last episode's wrestling term of the week, which was... Card!
0: Lady Augusta Bracknell looked down her sharp nose at the card before her. She knew instinctively, with the unerring confidence of the aristocracy, who belonged with whom in this card. <laughs> they would start with something compelling, something that grabbed the attention of the masses, both washed and unwashed. Zangief versus Craven the Hunter would do nicely. They'd been feuding a bit, and certainly Craven's tendency to introduce foreign objects into the match would make people feel as though they'd gotten their money's worth. She wondered idly what the going price for a ticket was. Four? Five hundred pounds? She couldn't remember the last time she'd done anything so gauche as handle Luca herself. She had servants for that. Tails vs. the Ouija would be a nice little match to go with after Zangief and Craven. Give everyone a chance to recover from what would no doubt be a destructive match. A tag team match would make sense after that, something to get their sympathies properly engaged so they could appropriately appreciate the culminating matches. Ohako Uraraka and Kitty Pride facing off against Tifa Lockhart and Sonya Blade. That little gravity-controlling minx was certainly something inside the ring. She should stand up straight more, though. A crucial failing in the lower orders. Then the Winchester brothers, Sam and Dean, would fight to be the number one contender for the mid-card belt, uncouth family fighting in public. But then not everything could be solved with quiet, snide remarks in the right ears, she supposed. And finally, a match that had been years in the making and had a feud built over the ages, the rematch between Gandalf and Saruman. (laughs) This was to be the finale of their rivalry, a decisive match that would put a period on the matter. Unless the eagles flew in once again to break up the pin, <laughs> she put her pen down, careful not to smear the still-drying ink on the page. Those fucking eagles!
1: <laughs> you know, if the eagles interfere again, you know they're gonna have to uh, do a hell in a cell match. I think.
0: <laughs> Keep so those the eagles, eagles out. can't
1: get in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I loved it, Bob. Thank you so much for that fanfic explaining card.
0: And thank you so much to Crinch Rap, Chris Newton, Cosplay Fiend, and Neil Butler, and Danny Blackson ENT for all of those wonderful suggestions. I really appreciate it. I tried to remember everybody who suggested characters that I ended up using. If I forgot you, I'm so sorry. Please let me know and I will correct it at our next outro.
1: Well now, Bob, it is time. It's been quite a while since we did Guess the Gimmick. We meant to do one uh, on the Arrival show. We simply did not have time. Indeed. (laughs) So uh, we're going to do a Guess the Gimmick on this episode. And this one was submitted a while back by our good friend Zadheel Huff. Mm-hmm. So Bob, what I would like you to do is I would like you to go to your Google machine, mm-hmm. go to the uh, Google images okay. and simply type the one word "Shockmaster."
0: already. Don't care for where this could be going. Oh, what? I am looking at a a large man in a fur, maybe vest with a rhinestone or glitter. Silver Stormtrooper helmet on. (laughs) What do I think this person's thing is? (laughs) I don't know. The Halloween store was closing down? (laughs) Like... I've always wanted to wear this, but I don't feel like I want people to know who I am whenever I'm wearing it, so I'm putting on a helmet to disguise my identity as man that loves vests and doesn't like shirts. Um, <laughs> I get the sense that he is secretly a soft man who wants to hug people and be friends because why else would you wear this unless you were looking to make friends? I mean, I don't know what kind of friends, but some kind of friends, right, so I think. It's been a long time on the Death Star. He's going into retirement, but you know, the IRA for retirement's not great. You know, whenever you're, is that a thing? That's a retirement account, isn't it? I don't know. Okay. We're we're both English
1: majors. I'm, I'm self-employed. Okay.
0: Okay. The The retirement account is not great. So you have to do, you know, you have to go make a little bit more money on the side. You can't just be going, well, I'm sure that whatever I'm getting from the Death Star is going to be paying my bills. And so decides to go... You know, make it in the ring, but also is like, you know, I don't have to keep my Death Star figure anymore. Like, what was I doing that for? I'm going to eat the food I want to eat. And you know what? Let my body be happy. He puts on a little weight and is like, but you know what? I still look damn good. I'm just, I'm not going to wear a fucking shirt. I'm not going to hide this. Puts on this vest and decides as a tribute to all the people he worked with and to all the friends that he made along the way as they were fighting the rebels. (laughs) It's going to wear that stormtrooper mask, but you can't just wear a stormtrooper mask into the ring. That is for fools. You got to get the people interested. So rolled it in some uh, glue and glitter. And here we are. And now you have the Shockmaster. How that name is related, I shudder to think.
1: Well... Rather than simply telling you who the Shockmaster was... Oh, yes. I'm going to quickly send you over a link to a YouTube video.
0: Oh, no. It's only
1: two and a half minutes long, but if you're okay with it, I'm going to ask you to watch it. Okay. The name of the YouTube video is The Unforgettable Debut of the Shockmaster. And I would like you to watch this, and then come back and tell us... Describe to us what happened to this video. (laughs) And Bob pay close attention to the low voices on the margins that may or may not have been intentionally included in the broadcast.
0: Okay. <gasps> what the fuck? Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh. Dear, So I have just watched a group of tall men talking at full volume to one another so that it becomes indistinguishable what they're saying because all of it is yelling all of the time so you don't know what's being said. And then there is the announcement that their partner is the Shockmaster for War Games and there is a loud explosion, some pyro, and then... This gentleman falls through a paper wall onto his fucking face and his mask comes off and he has to hide his face and then put the mask back on and then stand up and somehow gather the wherewithal to do anything threatening (laughs) at all. But because he is so shaken from this experience, all he can do is sort of move his arms just a little bit and then sort of shake a finger. And then there is a voice not too dissimilar from Yoda that (laughs) insists that he's going to do some bad stuff, etc., And that is how that goes. And I heard some other talking throughout it, but I wasn't sure if I got exactly what you wanted me to get out of the voices at the edges of the audio.
1: When he falls through, Sid Vicious laughs. You could hear him laugh (laughs) and like, Vicious says, oh, oh, God. (laughs) Booker Booker T says, who is this motherfucker? (laughs) And Davy Boy Smith says he fell flat on his arse. He fell flat on his fucking arse.
0: <laughs> is this WCW?
1: This is WCW Clash of Champions 1993. This is live, right? <gasps> it's Ric Flair's interview segment, and he's interviewing Sting and Davy Boy Smith about who their tag team partner is going to be alongside Dusty Rhodes in War Games coming up later in the year. Sid Vicious, Vader, and Harlem Heat would be their opponents. And apparently. It's like not totally known what exactly went wrong. Were these things mistakes? Were they ribs, which is like pranks, like practical jokes that wrestlers play on each other? Apparently, there was a wooden plank that had been set in front of the paper wall that he was supposed to break out of. It hadn't been there when they practiced it. No, I I can't determine with any certainty whether or not it was placed there intentionally or accidentally. Ugh. Also, apparently he was supposed to have a different costume like he was supposed to have this like blue superhero outfit with like lightning bolts on it because he was the Shockmaster. Uh, I don't what? know what happened and why he ended up in this like fur thing with a spangly stormtrooper helmet. And then, of course, the voice, which is which is Ole Anderson's voice, has nothing like to do with what. Uh, The performer Fred Ottman is actually doing the Shockmasters actual gimmick, as it turned out, because WCW didn't really pivot from this. Like the story stayed the same. He was still their partner in War Games and he actually won the War Games match. But instead of wearing the fur thing and the helmet, he started coming out with a hard hat and like no mask and his gimmick basically became klutzy guy.
0: Oh, no, 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 no.
1: <laughs> so
0: That's, oh, WCW, why, why would you do this to another human being?
1: It is one of the most famous examples of something in wrestling going horribly, horribly wrong on live TV in a comedic way rather than a tragic way. Oh, um, thank God for that. Yeah, is if anybody ever references the Shockmaster... This is what they're talking about. Oh my god. And now you know. <laughs> I and do. I was so pleased to be able to share that with you. Thank you for that.
0: I just want to give this man a hug.
1: <laughs> <sighs> All right, Bob. Well, we're going to have to give this episode a hug because we're at the tail end here. All right. But we can't go before we complete the cheap pop quiz. Points, points, points. Question number one. So, Bob, next episode, as you know, it's Vengeance Week on NXT. According to the episode description on the WWE Network, quote, it's an entire night of rematches from NXT Arrival. Okay. There are five matches on the show, Bob. How many rematches from NXT Arrival actually take place? Mm. A. (sighs) 4. B. 3. C. 2. D, 1, or E, 0?
0: Ooh, I'm very tempted to say 0, but I'm going to say that they don't screw it up completely and that there are 2.
1: Okay, 2. Answer C. Alright, question number 2. So keeping that guess in mind, which wrestler who did not win their match at NXT Arrival does win a match on the next episode? Is it A, Bo Dallas? B. Emma, C, Xavier Woods, D, Tyler Breeze, or E, C.J. Parker?
0: I would like it to be Xavier. You know what? I want it to be Xavier Woods. It's going to be Xavier Woods. This is the world I want.
1: All right. I fear that it will be Tyler
0: Breeze, but I don't
1: care. Xavier Woods is your answer. And finally, Bob, question number three. I've already told you that one of the next episode's five matches is not a rematch from NXT Arrival, but it is a rematch from a recent episode of NXT that took place since Arrival. Okay. What is that match? Is it A, Corey Graves vs. Yoshitatsu? B, Mason Ryan vs. Wesley Blake? (laughs) C, Sasha Banks vs. Paige? D, Adam Rose vs. Camacho two weeks in a row? Or E, The Ascension versus Cal Bishop and Travis Tyler.
0: Oh, they haven't had The Ascension on so far uh, this past episode, so they need to have their one tag team. Come on. I dare you, WWE, fuck it up this bad. I (laughs) dare you to put The Ascension fighting those same fucking jobbers again, please.
1: All right, so your answer is E, The Ascension versus Cal Bishop and Travis Tyler. Oh, yeah. All right, well, come back on the next episode to see how Megan Bob did on that edition of the Cheap Pop Quiz. Uh, Also, another edition of Wrestling History of the Week coming your way Mm. on the next episode. So get excited for that. Well, that is about all we got for this episode of The Next Wrestling Fan. Bob, thank you so much, as always, for joining me.
0: Thank you for helping me send off Seamus, who I will miss dearly every day. Although I guess he's going to be in WrestleMania or something. I don't know. He was in Fastlane. Maybe he's going to be in WrestleMania. I have no, not he been is. close
1: enough. Oh, he is? He's wrestling a really uh, a terrible person at WrestleMania for the United States Championship. So hopefully he kicks that guy's ass. I don't think he will, but it'd be uh. nice if he did.
0: Well, I hope he has a good time. Good for you, Seamus.
1: want to also say good for you to some other people, Bob. One oh, yes. person in particular. I have to wreath. With a a hearty good for you. And that is our new Next Wrestling Fan Federation champion. The second tyrannical reign of Watership Doom has once again come to an end. And we have our second ever two-time Next Wrestling Fan Federation champion in the form of Sidreal Constellation.
0: (gasps) The Hope Punk Hero?
1: The Hope Punk Hero themselves. And they defeated Watership Doom in a tremendous match. I was a little bit uncertain by like Watership Doom's reaction to losing. It was almost like he expected it and was kind of <sighs> OK with it for some reason. Uh, oh, so, you know, like that's that. not great. But we'll worry about that in the future. Right now, we celebrate our new champion. Once again, Sigil Constellation brought to us by the superlative Zadkiel Vasky Huff. Uh, who we love dearly and who has been a supporter of this show and of both of us for a very long time. So thank you, Zad. It's good to have the Hope Punk hero back on top. The reason that Zad Huff got their wrestling character to the top of the mountain here on our show is because they donated... At the $10 or higher amount over at patreon.com slash NXT wrestling fan. And if you would also like to uh, get a wrestling character and potentially have them win the championship, that is the place to go. There are other things you get as a result of being a patron over at patreon.com slash NXT wrestling oh, fan boy. Yep. You, you want get- to tell the people what they've won? <laughs>
0: You've won my suffering, which is my own fault. Miles and I made the poll. I am this going... This is the bonus
1: episode poll for reaching our uh, our $150 goal.
0: And for that, I am going to sit down and with my own two eyes and my own human heart, I will watch... And your
1: Vulcan ears.
0: Yep. Scooby-Doo WrestleMania mystery. I am going to ogle animated John Cena, I guess. So... <laughs> That's what I have in store. So I will be sitting down to watch that in the next few weeks. I have to gird my loins for this experience. We and will be
1: sitting down to watch it, Bob. I've never seen it either.
0: I mean, why would you?
1: <laughs> <laughs> that poll was available only to patrons of our show, and it was to determine the what we're covering for our next bonus episode. I'm just looking at it right now like every other option is right around the same place like yeah. they're all just right hovering around the same place in terms of how many votes they got and then scooby-doo wrestlemania mystery just like head and shoulders above the rest yep. So thank you all so much for that <laughs> inflicting that on us uh, in return we will be providing you very soon with a bonus episode of us covering the 2014 animated film scooby-doo wrestlemania mystery Uh, We've also reached our $175 goal, Oh, man. Which I thought was pretty cool. And as a result of that, our patrons have unlocked the first edition of What If Blank, But Pro Wrestling, which is going to be a thing written by me. It will be available on our Patreon page for patrons only. And I will tell you right now, what we're doing for this episode is What If Cats, But Pro Wrestling.
0: Beautiful. I am So, so excited to hear about these cats. And the fact that Cats is the Royal Rumble.
1: Yes. Just cats what is exactly the Royal these Rumble.
0: cats are about.
1: What I will be providing is an account <laughs> of what occurs in... In what if cats was the royal rumble
0: oh my god i am so excited for this fan fiction
1: again all things that you can have access to you know as soon as we create them over on patreon.com slash nxt wrestling fan two dollars a month is uh, all we ask of you to get your wrestler name on our roster and uh, then you can go from there we got lots of cool stuff available for you Uh, lots of different options Uh, on that website thank you all so much for your support by the way if you already are a patron uh we really appreciate your help if you're not we totally understand too that's fine like we totally get it we love you anyway thank you for listening but our patrons really do help make the show happen in a very tangible way so just thank you so much
0: in a very funding the space that we have to rent on libsyn servers kind of way Yes. I also want to big up a a bit of an April Fool's present that we have given Uh in the form of Smash Fiction Presents Hard Choices. It is over on the Smash Fiction feed. So what kind you, of choices, Bob? Hard choices. Hard choices. This is a podcast in which we rank the fuckability of 21 of your finest characters. In this case, the Lord of the Rings. So if you want to know where Miles feels Tom Bombadil belongs in that list versus mm-hmm. where I feel that Tom Bombadil belongs on that list.
1: Very and different also, places.
0: Yeah, very different. And also, Aragorn, I think there was some, some words were had about that.
1: The selling point for this episode, which Bob is just, like, completely skipping over here, is that you should listen to it to learn more about Megan Bob and where (laughs) Megan Bob stands on various types of individual and potential (laughs) sexual encounters with them. Because myself, Kit Mulcairn, and Katrina Aaron newton who also joined us for the episode, were somewhat surprised.
0: (laughs) And I also want to give a shout out to Garden Plots. Garden Plots with Skeletor is the other podcast that I make with uh, Dan Mulcairn and Kit Mulcairn and Nathaniel Hubbard and Marissa Bond. And it is our gardening podcast. What if Skeletor had a gardening podcast and also the friends we made along the way. And it is in its second season now. The second episode has just come out.
1: Yes. If you're not listening to Garden Plots, you absolutely should be. It is brilliant and hilarious. Since we're talking about the other podcast that we do, I might as well just take a moment to mention, since I don't do this very often on this show, uh, that if you would like to hear more of me, and why wouldn't uh, you? In a less wrestling specific capacity, you can go become a patron of the Unspoiled podcast which is the podcast run by my dear friend, Natasha Winters. We are currently covering the Mistborn series by Brandon Sanderson. The reason that I bring this up at this specific time is because we are right at the end of the second book of that series, and Mm -hmm. uh, we will be live reading the last few chapters of that book. And if you are familiar with The Well of Ascension, you know how insane the last four chapters of that book get. Uh, No spoilers, obviously. It's the unspoiled podcast. But if you are interested in becoming a patron of that show to listen to the Mistborn episodes, now would be the time. And also Natasha has tons of coverage of tons of other TV shows, movies, movies book series she is an absolute workhorse when it comes to podcasting and you should really go check out unspoiled if you are not already a part of that wonderful wonderful community Uh, it is the most
0: i have ever cared about twilight in my life
1: (laughs) go back and listen to me talk about twilight if you want to fans Well, now that we've gotten all our shit in, Bob, yeah. as they say in the wrestling business, I think it's time for us to peace out. Thank you all so much to everybody for listening, for supporting, for just being here with us as we wave goodbye to beautiful Irishmen and set sail forth into the unknown future of uh, the remainder of 2014 NXT. Oh, boy. We will see you here in two weeks with a new episode of The Next Wrestling Fan.
0: Bye! Bye!
1: The next wrestling fan is produced by Miles Schneiderman and Megan Bob with logo design by Claire Mulcairin.
0: Special thanks to Rafael Medina for our theme song, Learn Buckle. You can follow his creative work on Twitter at EarthMofo.
1: Also thanks to Kevin McLeod for additional music and stingers, which are licensed under Creative Commons. Find his work at www.incompetech.com.
0: We're on Twitter and Facebook as the NXT Wrestling Fan. Come talk to us.
1: You can also follow Miles on Twitter at MJ Schneiderman and Megan Bob at Megan Bobness.
0: The NXT Wrestling Fan is made possible thanks to our supporters on Patreon. If you'd like to help us out, go to patreon.com slash NXT Wrestling Fan and join our fantastic stable of contributors. They're the best.
1: And if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and review wherever you get your podcasts. And if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to email us at Nxtwrestlingfan@gmail.com. at gmail.com.
0: Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks. Apparently, what I, I don't want to say forced, but press ganged into watching tonight because AEW is on, is watching Shaquille O'Neal, a very old man, probably receive an injury. And that's going to be a whole thing that this episode is themed around. Uh,
1: I know, yep.
0: Yep, that's the correct reaction to that. Stop (laughs) injuring old people, AEW. (laughs) Just give Eddie Kingston a mic and stop injuring AARP members. It's not not a form of entertainment.
1: Sting's going to wrestle. Tully Blanchard's going to wrestle. Like This is what you want to see, right? You want to see 60-year-old people get into the ring and attempt to move with the full knowledge that if they succeed in moving, they're probably going to die. That's what you want to watch. right? That's entertaining. Ugh.
0: I worry on all counts. It's just, does Cody Rhodes want blood on his hands? Because that's where we're going.
1: The list of things that Cody Rhodes has wanted includes that tattoo on his neck, so (laughs) anything could be on that fucking list.
0: Oh man. He's like, I've always wanted to kill a man. I've
1: always wanted to be indirectly responsible for the death of an old man. Uh... (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, Cody Rhodes.